Hello there and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, April 22nd, 2021. He is Tristan H. Cockroft. Kyle Sapi produces and researches, and I am merely Eric Carabell. On today's show, more injuries, but we don't want to start with injuries, Tristan. We want to start with happy, fun stuff because H is your middle name. Happy is the name. It's amazing that your mother named you Happy is your middle name. I can't believe that happened. And then she, you turned out to be a happy person. So, like, she was it all a person. Out. She's yeah. totally upbeat. You know, you got to give her credit for that, right? Well, happy or you for upbeat, but I like happy, H for happy better. Um, so we're going to start today's show with the leading scorer in points leagues in all of fantasy, and that is Mr. Corbin Burns, who is amazing so far, 40 strikeouts, nary a walk, and he's hard to hit. And I wrote in my blog one day this week that he's in my top tier pitchers with DeGrom and Cole and Bieber. And since the start of 2020, he has better numbers than a few of those guys. So... Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me he does not belong in that top tier you're drafting today. You could actually make the you could actually decide, do I want to draft Garrett Cole or Corbin Burns today? And you could that's a reasonable, you know, option, is it not? It's reasonable because the per game production is comparable. I mean, Burns looks like he's up to that task in what he gives you. I just don't think the two end up with the same innings. That's all. I mean, I, I would love to see the Brewers give him a full-time starters workload, a Cole equivalent one, because we know Cole is probably going the 200 innings. I just don't know where Burns stops. I like the way the, uh, the Brewers have managed so far. Their pitching staff, they historically do during the Craig Council era. So I'm confident about that. But, you know, like, what's the innings number for Corbin Burns? Well, like, what, what concerns you here? It's not injury, and it's not performance. You're basically saying he's a six-inning pitcher, whereas Cole and Bieber and DeGrom are seven-plus-inning pitchers. But, you know, if the difference in the, over a full season is is 20 innings, all right, I'll grant you, that's a, that's a differentiator. But if Burns has an ERA of 220 and Cole's ERA is 280, I'm just, you know, spitballing. Like, that, that would matter as well. It would matter. I, I don't think that they're going to be as close as this. I, I don't think the innings are going to be that close. I think it's going to be larger than 20 innings. That's what I'm concerned about. And and it's it's simply just that Burns hasn't done it yet in terms of the high volume of innings pitch. That's all. I mean, what's his, what's his uh, pro career high? Looks like 116 and two-thirds innings. So I find it difficult to see him getting to 200. I, I, I'm, you know, picking nits here, as they say. I mean, you know, there's... There's so much to like about the guy. He set a record with the 40 strikeouts compared to no walks. You got to give him tons of credit. He was great last year too, but he, he's just not going to throw 200 frames. I mean, you can't Where, possibly be projecting him for that. I'm not, but I but I have him ranked as my number four starter right now ahead of Trevor Bauer. Where do you rank him? Is he in your top 10? Am I close? Or, yes. or oh, am I being oh, yeah. close? No, 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 no. You're absolutely close. I mean, as I said, you're on the per inning basis – you're, you know, you're dead on with with him being up there in Coles and and Degroms and and Shane Bieber's tier. It's just, does he give you the volume that those guys do? I think those guys are giving you 200 innings with no problem at all. I see no chance Burns gets 200 innings. The rest of the top, the leaderboard for starting pitchers and points leagues. Tyler Glass now is number two. Uh, he's got seven more walks than Burns, but everything else looks fine. I mean, the ERA, the whip, the strikeouts. Shane Bieber, Joe Musgrove, Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole is six. Um, ton of strikeouts. He's only got three walks. So it's, you know, we talk about walks, but walks is a problem on your whip. It's a problem on your pitch count, which gets you out of games early. Shohei Otani, you can't keep walking six per outing. You know, Shohei Otani has to be the most overrated pitcher right now. Everyone loves this guy. As a hitter, I think he could be a top 20 hitter. As a pitcher, his walk rate in his career is sky high. I'm not sure what people are expecting out of him. Um, 
what do you expect? Like, I mean, at, at some point, if he doesn't pitch effectively, they're going to have to remove him from pitching at all, aren't they? Or maybe, no, just... or maybe, or it'll rekindle the should he be a reliever debate. And I, I <laughs> this is a quick thought thing where I'd have to evaluate how that impacts the DH versus the pitcher being in the lineup. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think he's going to give you 15 to 17 starts and 70 innings, and maybe they're pretty decent innings. I, I also don't think people are estimating him as a, a top 20 starter. I don't think anybody really believes he's that. Do you? Uh, I do not. And if, But if you roster him as two separate players, okay, which some people can do in certain leagues, should you roster him as a pitcher anymore? Is he a top 50 starting pitcher? No, I, I just don't think he gives it the volume to be that. I, I Another case of in what he gives you when he's on the mound, maybe you squeeze top 50 final year value, but it's going to be such a headache to manage it to get to that point, to squeeze the maximum of that value. I, I love him in our games just because it's very easy to know how and when to use him in almost every league that you and I play in, it's it's such a headache. And and one of those ones you're talking about is Tout Wars, where they do split them up into two separate players. Otani, the pitcher, is considerably less interesting to me. By the way, Brandon Woodruff, uh, you could make the case that Milwaukee has the best one-two punch in all of baseball, right? I mean, the Mets don't have a number two guy right now who matches. The Yankees certainly don't after Cole. Uh, Cleveland, we thought maybe place like, but he's not at this level. I mean, Milwaukee's one-two punch. I mean, that's the best in baseball right now. Is there any other combination that you could look at and say, wow, like, I mean, and that means nothing in fantasy, but the point here is like, don't forget about Woodruff. Like you, if you're concerned about Burns getting past 175 innings, is Woodruff the better bargain the rest of the season? Yes, he is. And I think Woodruff will finish with more innings than Corbin Burns. I think he has shown a little bit more tendency over the course of his pro career to give you the larger number. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be by leaps and bounds, but I like Brandon Woodruff a lot. You and I, you and I both talked about him. Kyle, I know, is also a very big Brandon Woodruff fan. I think there's a case to be made that Brandon, Wood, Brandon Woodruff is a top 10 fantasy pitcher as well. It's where you slot the two of them. And I'm tempted to, in a redraft league, say that I'd rather have Brandon Woodruff for the two of them. But as you say, in terms of the, the, the best starters on staffs, they're, they're probably – they're probably going to face a challenge from the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers have four guys who are very good, but I would throw the Brewers top three. I would throw Freddie Peralta into this mix. I think the Brewers have an excellent and underrated in terms of pure skill, top three starting pitchers. Padres have excellent starting pitchers, but one of them got hurt again. And nobody should be surprised. Nelson Lamette already had a torn uh, tendon in his elbow that a lot of people thought was going to need Tommy John surgery. And I bet we find out today that he will get that surgery and then he would be compromised into next season. But San Diego, basically with rest and relaxation, tried to get him healthy. And I think he had an injection in the elbow. And then yesterday, man, he lasted two innings and now he's done. You wrote about Ryan Weathers the other day. And I agree, he's probably he's starting today, I believe, at Dodger Stadium. Uh, but then today I wrote about Mackenzie Gore and said, look, the Padres are doing a lot of a lot of odd things, not just with their injury guys, Tatis, you know, Lamette. But I can't believe Mackenzie Gore is not going to be up within a month. So what do you think of the overall situation here? Lamette, would you would you drop him right now? Would you wait until further word? I can't believe he's not having, you know, UCL replacement surgery any day. 
And then thoughts on Weathers and Gore. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to be pressed to cut him just out of an impatience uh, approach. I, I think that decision is going to be made before we need to act. And, you know, you can still stash him on an injured list spot. I anticipate he'll be on the injured list probably by the time people listen to this show. I don't expect much from him. I'm with you. I'm I am that panicked that he had the PRP injection right after that, uh, after he missed the postseason starts. I'm trying to remember if it was he or Mike Clevenger who snuck in the two inning postseason outing and then had a setback after that. I think that was Clevenger. Lamette actually didn't pitch. But the fact that this setback has happened now on multiple times, he entered spring training with questions and then this is a, a significant step backwards suggests to me that that's it. He's heading for the surgery. It's like what happened with Masahiro Tanaka going wrong, where it did work out for him. It didn't work out for Lamette. And the shame is that the Padres, by having him try to work through it like this, they're probably going to lose two full years of control. And that's maddening to me from a dynasty perspective in fantasy, because it's a lot of missed time and a lot of time to be patient. And a lot of these leagues have contracts that escalate. So I'm, I'm frustrated. But the replacements, I'm with you. Gore becomes a lot more interesting. I wrote about Weathers, as you said, I like Weathers. I think he's an underrated prospect. It, it's great opportunity for the two of them. You should be stashing them. Other injuries of note, Juan Soto, who you can make a case is the best player in fantasy, along with Acuna. Uh, left shoulder injury. We didn't even know he was hurt. He went on Tuesday, which means he lost the whole week. But it doesn't sound too serious. In fact, he was laughing about it to reporters, saying, why not? Why not take care of it now? Uh, they have some off days. He'll be back next week. Um, so I guess we could talk about this next Monday. but. Do you leave Juan Soto active next week and just not DL him or bench him at all in fantasy in weekly formats? Yeah, was it a, a backdated move? Because that's going to cost you four days. He can play days. next weekend. He can play next weekend. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's four days cost out of seven. So I, I think that the smaller your player pool, the less value that he provides you. I honest, just being honest with you, I haven't looked far enough ahead at not this coming weekends, but the following weekend schedule to know whether there's some big weighty thing. Like, are they in Coors Field? I doubt it. Um, I, I lean towards no, but I, I see your point. I'm not concerned about this injury. Uh, Yelich Acuna missed a couple of days, hoping to avoid the injury list. Um, a lot of big name first round pick hitting injuries so far. Uh, which is not cool. Be careful, Mike Trout. <laughs> um, yeah. oh, that would God. be nice. Um, Starling Marte did go to the injury list. Um, that's more serious. That's a rib injury. He's probably out for about a month. Um, I've got him everywhere. That stinks. And uh, Miami's going to go with Lewis Brinson, who I don't think can hit. But, you know, I thought John Birdie might get a shot, but it doesn't look like it. Um, Miami's not going to score a lot of runs this season, uh, and now they lose their best hitter, so that's going to make it even harder. But keep keep Marte roster, very good player. Anthony Rendon could be back this weekend. That's good news for the Angels and for fantasy rosters. Um, and then the very underrated Anthony Santander of Baltimore, who like that's a thirty home run guy. You know, I mean that that he's rostered, but now he's not as much. Left ankle sprain, left the other day, might have been yesterday. I, the days they all just combine into one. Now. <laughs> Uh, so you probably can't make a good case to keep Santander rostered in ESPN standard 10 or 12 team league, but he's a good player. He's got some pop, good points league option. Yeah. Think about it. He's yeah, the kind of I guy mean, you're going to pick up again in three weeks when he comes, he was almost back. That's the thing. Like the Orioles are the ultimate plug and play roster where you, you don't need to keep them around when they're not contributing on a daily basis. So when they're absent for injuries like this. You can let them go. I mean, it's it's opportunities for guys like Austin Hayes. They've been doing a little bit of righty-lefty mix match with Ryan McKenna and DJ Stewart. Cedric Mullins has had his moments to begin the season. You know, I'd, I'd probably just be looking at that as a daily situation facing a weak pitcher when you have the righty-lefty edge. 
How about that Oakland Minnesota game on Wednesday? Yes, yes, 13, I know. We could spend an hour on that show. Oh. Now, of the two Matts at Oak in Oakland corner infield, Matt Olson looks great. He had a couple of home runs. Matt Chapman does not look good, and maybe that's because of the offseason surgery, which concerns me a little bit because he, he needs to hit for power. It's not like he was going to ever win a batting title or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll get to Alex Colomay, which I don't want to do later in the closer carousel. But there's still like no indication that that he's losing the job, and and they were two errors that he should have gotten. Yeah, you know, you should, the should defensive maneuverings were they contributed a good amount to that game. We we'll dig into the closer part of it afterwards, but it was a heck of a game for offense. <laughs> I mean, if you're playing Wilson Williams Acevedo at first, Blankenship at second, or whatever his name is, and then Luis Arise at third. I mean, well, you know, you double switch out Donaldson. That's that's weird. It's just, it was weird. You know, what's really odd about it is that it's a sabermetrically inclined team that is playing some players you would not expect to manage the defensive positions they do, like Astadio playing at second base and Luisa Rise going all over the field. It's it's a curious roster. It's helping us for fantasy by giving us the multi-eligibility and you get some daily opportunities, but it's it's odd from a pure baseball perspective. Andrew Knapp, second baseman. Things are going, things are going so well in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the top of the player radar over the last seven days for hitters here. Interesting. Matt Olson won. Joey Wendell keeps batting third for Tampa. I mean, it's a legit batting average, not a lot of power, but maybe he could hit 10 home runs, steal 10 bases. Tim Anderson, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, all very good. Javier Baez, it's a grand slam last night. And then in his next at bat, he bats left-handed. I don't think yeah. he's taking this seriously. <laughs> well, it was against, it was against the hitter pitching. So I get it. I get it, but – and then, you know, catcher has been very interesting. A lot of power at catcher so far this season. You wrote about Carson Kelly as a nice pickup and more walks and strikeouts. So we both wrote about him the same day without discussing it, and Carson Kelly has more walks than Ks. Buster Posey had a two-homer game in Philadelphia. I did not think Buster Posey was going to hit 10 home runs this season. He might do that by the All-Star break. He looks revived, rejuvenated. Uh, I mean, he does look good. There's Dom Nunez, Omar Narvaez, Yadi Marlina looks great, Francisco Mejia looks legit. There's actually some good catching going on right now. That maybe that changes in the second half of the season. But the older veteran catchers in Posey and Molina hitting that that's something I don't think many saw coming. Probably expected it more with Molina. The only thing I could say in Posey's defense here, in terms of his ability to sustain this, is maybe the year off did rejuvenate him a little bit. It it kind of bought him an extra year on the agent curve. I I don't know. I don't think he's going to give you great numbers, but you and I talked about him. He was not not an objectionable last guy to get if you waited till the end, because he's not really going to hurt you. In the worst case, he's not going to hurt you. You know who is hurting you? Atlanta's middle infield. Ozzy Albies, Dansby Swanson, not even close to 200 batting average, no power, no speed. Who are you more likely to buy low on for trading purposes in fantasy? I mean, Albies, we rank a lot higher, so that's the obvious answer, but are you yeah. more concerned with him? I, I am, yes. And and that's why I don't just race to tell you it's Ozzy Albies I'd go get, even though that's, to me, the right answer. I'm picking on one at bat in the game last night where I watched Albies and he looked like he is just not focused at the plate right now. And I think it's something fixable. So I'm going to cling to that possibility that maybe he just takes a couple extra rounds of batting practice with the hitting coach, gets things straightened out, that just right now he's a mess. But I, I, I'm not on board right now. Like he, he's got some big fixing to do. Don't you think? Have you seen any of his bats? You, you oh, yeah. some they, of the Phillies. They, they played Phillies twice. Yeah. And Albies and Swanson both look terrible. And that's yeah. why they moved Freddie Freeman up in the batting order to second. And 
Albie's hit last September. So I, I got to think that, you know, it's just a blip. And if it was June or July, we wouldn't even notice. But, but, but you know, what bugs me about it is that last year when he wasn't hitting, it was attached to an injury that was underlying. He was trying to play through. So my fear now is watching this. Is that going on? We don't know about it. That's that's the little alarm that comes off in my head. Well, just add a Hiri Adrianza and he'll be awesome for your fantasy team. <laughs> um, there's no combo <laughs> meals. So I don't know. Is, Can you believe that? Here? Can you believe ruling? that? Yeah. It's Can we actually stumbling. sing the combo meal song if there's no combo meals? I, I don't know. I mean. Hey, there's no combo meals. Da, da. Whatever. <laughs> wow. That was pretty good. You're right. I am so disappointed. All right, well then sing another song about the closers. Yes, there is a closer carousel. All right, you know, Colomay looks terrible. I mean, he's putting men on base. He's not he's not making batters miss. Um, but I never I never hear Rocco Baldelli say that Taylor Rogers is gonna get saves. And you you theorize on a recent show that Hansel Robles and he got lit yesterday too. So I, I, I have to think that Colomay is still their closer. But if you want to drop him, you see, it shouldn't be dropping Alex Colomay because he could still get 30 saves. You should pick up Taylor Rogers in case they change. But I would not tell you to drop Colomay yet. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. I still think that is it's primarily a two-man situation where both need to be rostered because it is going to be a winning team with a good number of opportunities. And I think both pitchers have the skills to be good contributors when Colomay gets things straightened out. The other thing, too, is if they go committee in the short term, he hasn't pitched great, but I I kind of like Tyler Duffy. Tyler Duffy, I think, does have the stuff to contribute in that mix as well. So just keep an eye on it. All right, and let's move on to Cincinnati now where Amir Garrett, uh, he walks somebody every outing, and then a left-handed hitter named Josh Van Meter hit one a really long way uh, on Wednesday, and he blew another save. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with Lucas Sims or TJ Antone or Sean Doolittle. I mean, you got to think at some point Cincinnati's going to have to make a move as well. But, like, the difference here is Alice Colme has had some really good seasons in the past with a lot of saves, whereas, you know, Amir Garrett has not. Yeah. Um, so, and Garrett in the post game, you know, he, he's well aware that he's not pitching well. What do you think happens in Cincinnati? Is it time to pick up Lucas Sims? I think it is because they've been, by the way they're using Sims, made it look like he would be the next guy to get this job. And as you said, Garrett has no history. What's really odd about Garrett to me is that he, along with, I would say, Josh Rojas and Randy Dobnak, these are guys who look fantastic during the spring and have looked just awful during the regular season. It's been night and day. And I mean, that's no shock. We talk about the, the you know discarding of spring training numbers. But I think that the Garrett we saw the final week of spring is still there. I think that's still his true talent. So I'm not going to completely write him off yet. It's just, he, he's got to, look, he's got to nail down the next opportunity he gets. Even if it's not in the closing situation, if it's in the eighth and a key spot, he's got to lock it down or then it's cuts, Phil. All right, what are you doing with Toronto? Rafael Dolis pitched the eighth inning on Wednesday and not not all that well. And then somebody named, I think, Anthony Castro got the save. Not even sure who that is, to be honest with you. Um, he got one out. Uh, after Meza left, he got two outs. So Merriweather's not coming back in the next couple of weeks. Jordan Romano could be back this week. Do you, do, you, do you mess around adding Dolis, or are you just not interested in Toronto right now? If I'm chasing saves, I'd add him. And that's as far as I'd go. I actually do think Romano's probably back within one week from now. And I think it's Romano's job. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of think it is until Merriweather. I still think Merriweather, they want him to be the closer and Romano in a setup role, but I don't know what they want. I think that, they, I think that, I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, they could be the, and I'm sure we'll dump, jump into this uh, bullpen next. They could be the super Seattle Mariners bullpen where Merriweather is the guy who is the quote closer, but there are nights where he's thrown into the highest leverage situation, even if it's in the you know seventh or eighth frames. I assume if you want to talk about Seattle, you mean Kendall Graveman is a better pitcher than Rafael Montero, but there's still no indication that Graveman is going to take over the role. I think it's going to be split. I mean, Montero has three saves and, and Graveman has two. What do you think the final numbers are? I mean, Graveman's better, right? I mean, at least right now. So you would think that Graveman be the one you want in fantasy, but it wouldn't surprise me if Montero ends up with 28 saves and Graveman gets 12. Right. But I, I, I'm thinking that it goes 20-ish for Graveman and it goes... 12 to 14 ish for Montero. And the reason I'm not handing everything to Graveman is just, I think that's where they're going. I think they are using Graveman outside the ninth in the highest leverage situation when they need to. I like it. I think it's strong from a pure baseball perspective. It's a nightmare for us for fantasy. Graveman is significantly outpitching Montero. You got to agree with that. I do. I wrote about him the other day. I think we mm-hmm. both did. Um, yep. There's a hash brown from Matt. Any sneaky ads for a saves and holds league? We talk about saves a lot on this show, so you should know by now. If you're in a saves and holds league, add hold guys. Don't don't mess around with Rafael Montero or Rafael Dolis. I mean, the holds leader in baseball right now is Tyler Rogers, the submariner for San Francisco, who, by the way, is Taylor Rogers' twin brother. One of them is a hard-throwing lefty. Tyler is a submarining, not hard-throwing righty. It's very interesting. Um, Blake Trinan gets a lot of holds. Victor Gonzalez of the Dodgers, who's really good. Victor Gonzalez is going to end up the season. Yeah, with I like him. He's 55 innings, that. 55 innings, a 1.80 ERA and 20 holds and like four saves. Victor Gonzalez and a lot of strikeouts. Victor Gonzalez is good. Yeah. Um, the left 25 holds pretty easily too. So that's another thing to tuck away. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Stefan Crichton does look like Arizona's closer right now. I don't know why he wouldn't keep it. He's not really a hard thrower. But there's no reason why he can't keep that role. Um, it's not like they have to give it to Joaquin Soria or anybody else. Um, anyone else here? Dylan Floro looks like Miami's setup man now. Yeah, he's Anthony been pretty Bass. good. That's a good one. The mm-hmm. the other I've got my eye on is J, uh, uh, JP Fire Eisen. Okay. That was a good performance yesterday. I don't know if you saw him wriggle out of the bases loaded uh, outing there. And he, he's scoreless for the year so far. He's he, Milwaukee, yeah. He, he's stepping up where Devin Williams is not getting the job done. Yeah, and I'm looking at the holds leaders right now, and Fire Eisen, uh, five inherited runners, none have scored. That that makes a manager like you, even though that stat doesn't always tell you a whole lot. You know, somebody could hit a rocket right out of fielder, and you know, three runners on base. But um, just something to watch there. Um, and then David Bednar, I liked until he gave up the two homers the other day. Anyway, uh, moving on, let's talk about some of the pitchers to watch over the next couple of days here because you need to add them and we need to tell you who they are. Um, Thursday's slate has already begun uh, with an early game. Um, but um, later on Thursday, Ryan Weathers, I would not be using him at the Dodgers. I just wouldn't. Um, I want to see – first of all, I'm not sure he's going five innings. He was yep. very inefficient in that last outing at home against mm-hmm. the Dodgers. Um, Aaron Sanchez at home against Miami. You know, he's becoming maybe relevant. and He's, he's definitely become relevant in deep leagues, that's for sure. Yeah, he's been all right. And as a matter of fact, there's a streaming, a league that's deep enough where I picked him up as a streaming starter. I, I've seen enough from him to, to say that's a good good opportunity. Friday uh, night on ESPN Plus, you can catch Yankees in Cleveland, uh, Logan Allen and Jordan Montgomery. Uh, interest in either? Yeah, I like Montgomery a lot. I've, I've written yeah, him up. He hasn't looked good. 
Yeah, yes, he's been all right. All right. You think he's looked bad? I don't think he's looked bad. I think he's just not. I think there's a narrative that everybody except for one guy has looked bad. Um, And I I think think... that that is an unfair train to take him on. Okay. Yeah, Montgomery's whip is fine. He's he's not overwhelming, but he's he's not pitched poorly. He doesn't deserve the Kluber criticism or to a certain degree, the Tyone criticism. Mike Miner, who I like more than most, is at Detroit on Friday. If you can still get him, I would do it. That's an innings eater. Now, his, in, his ERA might end up 430, but that's a guy who I think could throw 200 innings, Mike Miner. Uh, slight boost, uh, slight recapturing of the velocity, not huge. Uh, love the home ballpark. Big yeah. outing for Kyle Hendricks tomorrow. That's that's a guy who's off to a terrible start, and I can't really explain why. He's at home against Milwaukee. Yeah. No yeah. Yelich. Yep. Um, Steven Matz at Tampa. I guess. I mean, I added Matt's in the league, so I guess. The, I don't most know. are going to say he. That. Most are going to say he doesn't beat Tyler Glass now, and the win could matter to people in that situation. But a Tampa matchup in Tampa is favorable for him. I don't. I don't add board. pitchers based on the other pitcher, or, or I don't just. Uh, I don't move away from pitchers because they're facing another ace. If Stephen Matz gives me six innings in one run, I don't care if he wins. I mean, I want him to win if I have him. But the point here is get the good innings. In in your league types, it doesn't matter. In certain leagues types, that that is going to matter. No, I mean, I, I I have leagues where I need wins too. I mean, most you know expert leagues. Do you have a daily that. points where you need streaming? Sure. You can't sure. burn starts. Absolutely. I'm going to use them. I'm going to use them there because I want six good innings, and he's pitching well enough that I take the six good innings. Okay. No, I'm on board with that. Um, uh, who else starting that matters? Dane Dunning, I. You know, this is a, re- a revenge game. He's at the White Sox. They mm-hmm. traded him in the uh, Lance Lynn trade. Only one of them is active right now, although Lance Lynn is coming off a of DL as soon as he's ready. But Dane Dunning, what do you make of this? Because it's it's not a lot of pitches, not a lot of innings. I don't know if he's making it to 140, 120 innings this season. You know, I mean, like, that's the thing. They're going to be so careful with him. They're not winning their division. Yeah. But Dane Dunning looks like he's pretty good. That's important. Yeah. I like him. I, I agree with you on the innings cap for the year. And... I think we mentioned him previously on the show that I think he'll he might ultimately end up being one of those follower types, maybe falls into some wins. I don't by the way, do you invest in the revenge game thing? No, I mean it's never, it's never. it's a little bit of a hook if I'm breaking ties. It's not gonna drive this decision to start him. I think it, that's a little bit of a scary matchup to me. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like it's the same thing with like a guy in a contract year. Okay. We just assume, mm-hmm. oh, he's gonna be better. Well, a lot of times they're not better. You only hear about the ones that are better. Like, you know, what was it? Adrian Beltre's season. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, Dunning's allowed one earned run in 15 innings. Ton of strikeouts, only two walks. He looks great. Yeah. It's, um, a, it's an item on the checklist, but it's not the driving part of your decision-making. So DFS purposes on Friday night. You Darvish faces Clayton Kershaw in LA. Who are you more likely? I have to assume that Darvish is more expensive. Who are you more likely to use, Darvish or Kershaw? Yeah, actually, I'm not sure which one would be pricier, but I would take Kershaw there. I don't really want part, any part of Darvish going up against the Dodgers. I just don't. Do yeah, but if you've got Darvish, you're not sitting him ever. No, of course not. But DFS-wise. DFS-wise, of course. Yes. I mean, you, there, that's the worst team. Um, the only tougher situation would be at Coors. But, like, the Dodgers lineup is so crazy good, even with all these guys hurt. It doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Um, Padres lineup is struggling a little bit over the past couple of You days. know, Tatis had some good at-bats yesterday. He had a walk. He had a hit. I think he stole a base. Mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> I'm scared. I, you know, I've got him on a couple teams and I'm just, I'm scared that any day now that shoulder is going to come out of the socket again. And maybe he'll just have another 10 day injury list in, you know, you know, I'm by the way, you know, who cringing leads, at the thought, <laughs> you know, who leads the majors and plate appearances is Jake Cronenworth. 
Yeah. I would not have guessed that. And he's playing short when Tez Tees doesn't. He's going to add eligibility there. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Who I didn't think would hit, but like he leads off, he bats clean up. Mm-hmm. You, you can put him anywhere in the lineup. Saturday, Matthew Boyd at home against the Royals on ESPN Plus. You buying him? You buying what Matthew Boyd's selling? Yeah, I am. You want to talk about guys? You know, I'm not a big investor in the hot starting, cold finish thing, but he is one of those, and I do think it's significant enough to matter. Kind of like what I've seen from him so far, and. I don't know. I'm just not a Kansas City. I'm just not a Kansas City believer. Are you? I'm just not. It's fun when they do stuff like they did last night. I'll admit that, you know. But, you know, the, the lineup. I mean, look, first of all, they're missing one of their best hitters. Okay. Yeah. Fastest hitters. Yeah. But, like, Sal Perez is a really good hitter now. Yeah. Like, this is. this late career emergence into, like, a monster hitter. He and Yachty. It's very similar to the state of Missouri. Like, I, I – Sal Perez is legit. I, I – they're – I could see a point. There's nothing wrong with Real Muto, but I could see a point where Sal Perez passes him in my rankings because I don't think Real Muto is going to steal a lot of bases. Mm-hmm. And I think Sal Perez is going to beat Real Muto potentially in batting average home runs and RBI. Isn't that what we're talking about here for fantasy purposes? Now, it he's is. never going to walk. So for points leagues, you know, it might be tougher. Yep. But if Sal Perez hits 300 and Real Muto hits 275 mm-hmm. and Perez has more power, and stolen bases don't count. You see what I'm getting at here? Like, I'm not saying Real Moto's overrated in fantasy. Love them. Love the Phillies. You know, they're tough to watch most days. But Sal Perez, I underrated him. He might be the best catcher in fantasy. I, I'll piggyback that comment by saying Sal Perez might be the one guy in baseball who has the best odds of eclipsing Real Moto's plate appearance total. And that really does matter for fantasy, especially as as if, as you said, if he bats 300, which I don't think he's going to, but if he did in Real Mojo's at 275, more PAs is going to matter quite a bit. And I was the guy saying Sal Perez was not going to hit 300, that last year was a fluke, but I'm you watching still don't him. Think this he th- will. You still don't think he's hitting 300. I, I don't, but I, I watch him because all catchers, not all, but most catchers slump in the second half because they're tired. They can't do this. You know, they, they, they expend twice as much energy as an outfielder. You know, like during any game, imagine it after 15 weeks. Anyway, uh, Cole Bieber on Saturday night. Wow. Mm-hmm. I want to watch that one. Yes. Um, and what are you doing with Aaron Nola at Coors this weekend? Now, I, I don't see how you can bench a top, a potential top 10 starter, even at Coors. And by the way, it's not like the Rockies are a monster offense. Are you sitting uh, Aaron Nola? And I think Zach Wheeler goes Sunday. He does not. Uh, so are you sitting Aaron Nola at Coors this weekend? I'm not. The only place I'd even think about it is DFS. I don't start. I just don't start opposing oh, pitchers like that DFS. in DFS. I, I I, there, there's there's a tournament angle where if you really believe in the guy that they're going to throw you seven innings of one run ball and the price is outrageously good. Okay. But I, I haven't seen it. I know when I'm playing, I haven't seen it. How many pitches did he throw last time? You watched it. You watched it. How many it was pitches? over a hundred. Was it, was it way over? 110 maybe but i mean it was a good i mean like but you know what when managers say things and i've lost a lot of faith in the phillies manager in the past two months when managers say things like he's never pitched a complete game shutout before by the way complete game you don't need to say in his career and that's why we wanted to give him the ninth inning oh my god could it be more ridiculous than that are you kidding me like we don't care about any context here or any or pitch count it's just he's never pitched a shutout in his career we wanted to give him that shot to do it oh my god yeah you I can't know. say anything. I, I I can't believe that the manager of my team said that. But now they're going nowhere. 
But 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 now they're going to have the conundrum of do you keep him on a pitch count in this game? It's like the no hitter situations oh, with Musgrove are. and Carlos Rodon. I'll tell you this: having watched <laughs> watched Joe Girardi as a manager a lot, he clings to his ace pretty firmly, and he likes to keep him out there often too long. So I'm confident Nola will give you some volume in this game, and I don't think it's going to be a disaster. I don't think you do either. I don't think it'll be a disaster, but I think it'll be five and two thirds, three runs, something like that. I mean, Colorado is going to score some runs unless it's snowing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, people are asking us hash browns about Luis Castillo, the Reds. He's at Jack Flaherty and the Cardinals on Sunday on ESPN. Um, Castillo, you know, his last outing was against San Francisco and he gave up four in the first. And then he was fine after that. And his ERA is a little bit high. I still rank him well. So do you. But are you concerned about Luis Castillo? A little bit, yes, just because he's got that, what was it, 2018 was the year? Yeah, the 430 ERA, where when he didn't have a location and the fastball wasn't uh, that effective, it was an issue. And by the way, fastball velocity is pretty darn close to that year, 95.7 compared to 95.8 that year. It was usually 97 in the others. Sunday Night Baseball, you can't get better than this. Joe Musgrove already has a no-hitter at Dustin May in the Dodgers. Padres, Dodgers, every game is full with fireworks. It should be a lot of fun here. After It's the end of a four-game series. So Ooh. I can't wait. Who do you start there? <sighs> well, Musgrove, 37 strikeouts, three walks, and 26 innings. That's I don't see how you can sit Musgrove anywhere. Now, if it's a DFS, it, it all depends on the price. But like if, in a fantasy league, I don't sit Musgrove this week, and that's that's crazy. How could you do it? He's allowed eleven hits all season long. Yeah, it's. But if the price differential is large, let's say it's two thousand difference in salary. If Musgrove is six thousand, and May is four thousand. Of course, you start May. Of course. Are you sure on that though? Yeah, I'm I still. I think it might be Musgrove across the board. I'm intri- I'm intrigued here. That, that's a good. I think it's a good debate that game. I think it is. Let's bring in Kyle to break the tie. Who are you going with? May? You going with Musgrove? Am I assuming your two thousand price difference is accurate? Mm-hmm. Two thousand. You get two thousand different between the two. Two K. I'll go with May, knowing that I can pay up for some bets. It would yeah. be a lineup construction kind of thing. Nothing against May or nothing against Musgrove. That's exactly my point in a DFS. Yes, I'll spot you guys ten points and I'll take Joe Musgrove. Let's we'll see on Monday. I'm I th- I think Musgrove exceeds him, exceeds him by ten points. Right. Ten points heard. Yeah, and I like Dustin May. You know that. But I just don't think he's going deep. No, that's probably a good point. Well, Musgrove didn't go deep in his last inning. He went only four innings against Pittsburgh, didn't he? Right, but that was the first one after the no hitter. So now he should be fresh for this game, and this is the important one. I wonder whether they did this by design. Do you really buy that junk? Absolutely, that, like- absolutely. I believe that they did this knowing that he had this game coming up afterwards. You know, that's such over coaching, over managing to, yeah. to say that, you know, like the a I, pitcher look, can, if, if it's me managing the team, I believe, you know, I believe in the ramping up and ramping down. I don't believe in this ping ponging back and forth on patterns. I would keep him at 90 to 100 pitches, period, if that's what I was going to do. But I'm not managing 10 pitches the makes a like, like these managers really think that 10 pitches makes a difference in an arm like it can. But to view all these guys the same. Some guys can throw Lance Lincoln throw 130 pitches per outing and be fine. I, I just I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Do what you gotta do, people. I'm telling you, I think they I think they were saving up a little for this game. I we'll see. I I think so. Kyle, what do we got for trivia today? Trivia, we I mean, we did a good job, I think, of spotlighting Brandon Woodruff because he's the man. But a lot of people talk about Corbin Burns. So I want to get back to Woodruff. Three straight starts with at least six innings and no more than three hits allowed. 
I want you to name for me the player with the longest such streak over the last five seasons. This player did it five straight times. Five straight starts with at least six innings. No more than three hits allowed. I've got a guess on that one. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. well, we'll get to your guesses, but less guessing with the hash browns and more helping. Matthew wants to know what criteria do you guys use when trying to identify sell high and buy low players? It's 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 all contextual and it's all individually for the player. So, like, I'm looking at different things on Albies than I am on Swanson, for example. For pitchers, I'm looking at different things. Castillo, what, what's troubling him is totally different than what might be troubling, you know, Zach Wheeler in his last outing. Anyway, what do you do, Tristan? Yeah, it's <laughs> that's pretty much dead on. I, I'd say if you have to do a very quick statistical analysis to identify these, compare the players' uh, reality numbers versus their peripheral numbers. So, for example, ERA fifth differential is a very easy, quick one. You could use the StatCast expected ERA and ERA, do the differential between that, weighted on base averages for hitters and pitchers. You could compare those differentials expected versus reality. The other one, too, is I like to compare the player's own history against what he's doing so far this season. See if something stands out. If it's something that's skills-driven, that's fueling a great start or a poor um, poor start to the season. You know, I'm, Like you said, Luis Castillo, we just talked about the velocity. I mean, I'm looking at hard hit percentages. If a guy's hitting a ball, baseball is really hard and he's batting 210, he's going to be, you know, it didn't happen last year. Guys were hitting, Yelich hit the ball hard last year and it got nothing to show for it. But I, over six months, it's going to happen. So I'm looking at some of the stat cast numbers like, you know, hard hit percentage and you know, line drive. By the way, to defend your Yelich point there, he did show those numbers all year and he actually had a pretty decent statistical September. So if you had bought him low with the air yeah. quotes, you would have made out well. Absolutely. So if you have hard hit percentage for batting, what's the pitching equivalent? Are you looking at BABIP? Are you looking at XFIP? Are you looking at swinging strike rate? I look at all of them. If you had to pick at- one. If, I, if I'm putting you in a box to pick one, first one you look at when you open up the page. Well, I mean, I always look to see a FIP versus an ERA or an expected ERA. I want to see if the generality of luck is playing a role. I look at BABIP for hitters and pitchers. You know, I mean, if a guy's bad, you know, like your Mercedes is not going to keep having a BABIP of a 500. That's ridiculous. So I look at BABIP as well. But again, BABIP, you can easily, it's an easily flawed stat after three weeks, after six weeks. So, but yeah, I'm probably looking at those first, but those aren't good stats to look at. I'll, I'll, I mean, I look at walks for hitters and walks for pitchers. If Otani keeps walking people, he ain't going to have a whip under 150. If Javier Baez keeps just, laughing at people about walks he's not going to hit 220 he just can't yeah. Javier Baez in a points league is going to kill you if he ends up with 20 walks and 200 strikeouts which he might well do even if he goes 30 30 you know Tristan Javier Baez could go 30 30 this year and bat 220 with a 250 on base now yeah. nobody's ever done that I'm quite certain <laughs> I, I think you're probably right <laughs> Baez or Corbin Burns more walks this season oh boy I mean I, I'd say Burns because it, it's hard to have it's, 135 yeah. innings without 20 walks. Yeah. Baez is not walking 20 times. It's hard to have 40 strikeouts without any walks, too. It's, impo- it's never been done before, yeah. so I say it's more than hard. <laughs> and so, like, since we're we're trying to boil this down to the one number, Kyle, you said hard hit hit rate. I think you're doing your I think you're doing yourself a disservice as a fantasy manager if you use one for pitchers. Okay. I don't like pitchers. I'm digging so much deeper in that swinging strike rate. 
FIP, Eric, you mentioned, I am looking at the hard hit rate for starting pitchers. I'm looking at average fastball velocity. That's a must-have number. I'm actually, I started looking at called strike rate too. I'm, I'm not quite there yet with it, but I'm, I'm digging to, I, I do consider it. I take that into account. Yeah, I like that. I think that's helpful. Mike gives us five pitchers off to good starts. He wants you to pick your favorite and your least favorite. We got Rodon, Manaya, Duffy, Trevor Rogers, and Nathan Eovaldi. Man, Rogers of Miami looked good yesterday, didn't he? Yes, he did. Tristan, that looks like a top twenty starting. What pitcher. is it with Miami pitchers? We fall in uh, love with every Miami's single one ballpark. <laughs> it's Miami's <laughs> ballpark. That's why we love them. <laughs> but Alcantara and Lopez look good this week. Miami's we had Caleb Smith forever ago. Like we like every pitcher they develop. By the way, Sixo Sanchez is not pitching anytime soon. He's on the most drop list, and he should be. He is not pitching before June. This is a is an inflamed shoulder. And it scares me. And it's different than Strasburg because Miami doesn't want Sixto going 100 innings. And right now they don't need him to. Mm-hmm. But so who do I like the most here? I don't want to put Rodon number one just because of one great out. I mean, it was not just one great outing. Trevor Rogers is number one on this list for me. That's a legit start. I like him. I think he has more upside than Manaya. Same, same healthy ballpark. Um, so I'm going to go Rogers one, Manaya two, Rodon three, Duffy four, Valdi last. I don't trust the volley. I wish I had gotten more shares of Trevor, uh, Trevor Rogers. I agree. I had the numbers. I had the numbers in the Kings of command analysis and I just didn't get on board. And the reason I didn't get on board is I didn't think the Marlins would commit to him as a a regular starter. I really thought last year where they were dabbling a little bit and he would be a part-timer 15 start guy. And I shame on me. Um, I probably would go Rodon first just because of the, the adjustments I mentioned in the previous show. Rogers, yeah, Eric, you know what? I, you'd really go Rod- – I don't think you'd go Rodon over Rogers, Tristan. I really don't. I'm surprised. I'd go – You Rodon really mean that? Yeah. I think it's close. I think I would – I I think I buy Rodon. I think I buy Rodon based on the – What's Rodon's best case scenario for whip? Is it 125? That's best case scenario. Best Never case- even done that before. Never done that before. Career whip is like yeah. 135. Nah, a walker. A f- he walked five in his last outing. Rodgers isn't walking anybody. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. You know, I'm I'm bringing my home points league thing in mind, and that's going to weight Rodon more heavily than Rodgers. But you're right. From a Roto perspective, I'm not thinking about the whip. It's it's really close between those two. I, I don't think Manaya is a distant third in that. I, I'm not big on Duffy or Evaldi. I'd go Evaldi and Duffy. Duffy's last, 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 last. I think it's a mirage. Do you? Yeah, well, I, you believe... I, I don't. I don't believe in Duffy or Evaldi. <laughs> I'm not adding him either one of them. Evaldi's a better pitcher than Danny Duffy, I think. He just can't stay healthy. I mean, how could we expect Nate Evaldi to go 130 innings? And they can't. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's a best-case scenario almost. Like, Danny Duffy, by the way, he's got a 90... What is it? A 92% strand rate so far. He's got a 29% ground ball rate. Yeah, come on. That, those numbers are those numbers scream mirage, Danny Duffy. You add him, you're going to be disappointed. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of him. He's a sub 25 strike percent strikeout guy. Like I prove it, prove it. <laughs> All right. I think I'm with you there. Stacy's husband has Kevin Biggio and Santander on his bench. He wants to know if he can drop either or both for Kellenic. Stacy's husband. husband has got it going on. Oh, wait, there you go. <laughs> Well, Stacy's the one with the Twitter account. Husband chimed in. So we got to give Stacy the shout out because it's her Twitter account. By the way, this is Fantasy Focus Baseball, the musical, in case you were wondering. On ice um, next week. Well, 
I mean, basically, I mean, you wrote that Jared Kalnick should be on rosters now. Kalnick, um, Wander Franco, Mackenzie Gore, these guys need to be rostered just in case. I mean, Tampa Bay's left side of the infield. I mean, Wander Franco could be up any minute. Okay. Willie Adams looks terrible. Um, Bijou looks awful. <laughs> just awful right now. Not only is he not driving baseballs, he can take a walk, but he looks, he's not a third baseman. And at some point he's going to hit the bench or be a, like a part-time outfielder. They're going to have to move him, right? They're going to have to move Bijou. He can't play third base. Mm-hmm. Santander at least has 30 home run upside. So in a points league, I take Biggio. In a roto league, probably going to take Santander. So who are you going to drop? Frankly, you could drop either one of them right now in an ESPN league for Kalanick. You should. You should drop both of these guys for Kalanick and Franco slash Gore. <laughs> I, 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 I hate to run away from Biggio so quickly, but I've seen so much this spring. He doesn't hit the baseball hard. So unless he's going to go 20 homers and 15 steals, with that 260 batting average. Now the points league's different. He could he could walk a hundred times. But I mean, second and third base eligibility is nice, but he I don't know if they can play him at third. I bet they move Vlad to third and play Tellos at DH. I think to clarify, I think to clarify one thing he said there though, when he said he doesn't hit the ball hard, he doesn't hit it hard to the level that people perceive him to. He's not Victor Robles type numbers in terms of hard hit rate. He's not far from that. He's, he's not middling ish. He's a guy who aims the baseball to when he hits it. Like he, he swings and misses a lot, right, but he, he, right. he hits like a lot of bloopers and like. He barrels it up at times, but the rest of the package isn't as authoritative as for example, teammate Vlad Guerrero. I, I get that. Like you're, and you're right. The analysis that I had during spring training brought that up and it's why I moved him back to that 80, 90 range in my rankings. I, you're, I'm surprised you're at Cutsville with him. Well, in an ESPN league, if he's batting, if he's going to bat 250 with 15 homers and 10 steals, he's not worth rostering. Right, 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 right. And I don't, I don't think that's the floor. The floor is worse. But I'm starting to wonder if he plays, because obviously their middle, they have a second baseman who's a monster. Semyon's a monster right now. So, and Abijo played right field the other day, and that told me they don't trust him at third. So the next thing is the bench when Teoscar's ready and Gurriel starts hitting. Kevin Bijo, I. I my concern is, and I hate doing this after three weeks. My concern is he's not a regular player. Pretty soon, that's Gosh. my concern. No, I Sanders a thirty home run guy. Bezier's Bezier's not. I never thought Bezier was. I thought he could fake his way to two sixty with with twenty homers, twenty steals, and now I wonder. If yeah, we play. needed the twenty steals. I mean, that's the bottom line with Bezier. If he's not giving you the twenty steals and playing every day, then he is. They work. can't lead him off because he's not hitting. So I, he's one of the guys that I. You're right. I should be not be running away from him after three weeks, but I kind of am. I get it. I get it. Santander for Kelnick is definitely the move to me, and I'm with you on the beyond Kelnick. Frank Franco and Gore need to be rostered. I think, and and, and you know why I've, I've made the point in the column. The reason you have to have these guys rostered is that there will be a morning we wake up that news breaks and everybody's going to the waiver wire, and you are not getting those players. Yeah, and, and at some point we should probably talk about prospects you don't need to roster six of sanchez tops that list he's still rostered in like 65 percent of leagues mm-hmm. he's not pitching in the next month mm-hmm. so i'd be careful about six though yeah it's a shame with the injury right. it. but miami will just give us 16 more pitchers to fall in love with lewis last question here in a vacuum would you trade lance lynn for rodan and jazzy jazz no 
And I've never been in a vacuum. I think Lance Lynn is a potential top 10 starting pitcher. He's coming off the injury list any day now. That's a lot of strikeouts, a lot of innings, a lot of wins. I really like Lance Lynn. And uh, Tristan is a lot more trusting of Rodon than I am. Jazz Chisholm, my only concern here is batting average. Um, because there's a there's a floor for Jazz Chisholm in batting average because, he, you know, you watch him swing like and – like he's, he takes walks. He, he, he knows what he's swinging at, but he swings really hard. Mm-hmm. Pulls a lot. Uh, he, you know, there's good discipline there. Mm-hmm. That's a, that, you know what? That's, that's almost like what we projected for Bijou. That's a 2020 guy. That's 250. Yeah. He's, he's a toolsy player who's still learning though. I'm with you on that. And now I'm a no on this trade. And I, I like Rondon. I'm a no. And I, I don't hesitate to say a no. You generally want the best player in a trade. Yeah. And Lance Lance Lynn's the best player. player. You you said it best. He's missing one start. They're talking. They've been talking. Then he's missing one start. He comes back in the first day. He's eligible. Not a shoulder. It's not an elbow. mm -hmm. It's a trapezius muscle. Top 20 starting pitcher. Top top 10. I haven't ranked like 11 or 12. I'm, I'm giving you the medium to low end projection is top 20. And you're, you're probably right. He's probably locked in top 15 at worst. Probably. I mean, we, if you talk about, duos i mean he and giolito but um and rodan wow and that and rodan that threesome that's didn't even talk and that's about not that. even bringing keichel into the mix <laughs> yeah no that's not a that team that should, great so far but you know. they should win that division you know because minnesota man this week what a mess by the way i told you i dropped sano in a league where i shot probably yeah. shouldn't have but like there's no indication miguel sano is going to hit and not even his weight because he's a big guy i mean he's not going to hit 200 you're going to look really terrible on that statement for one week this summer and the it's, 25 weeks. Five homer week. Let me finish yeah. it. Let me finish it. The 25 weeks will drive it. <laughs> you know what? And that's fine. You and I can look terrible on players who for five days give you great numbers. It's it's about the rest of them. It's about the rest of the 25 weeks. Look, we evaluate a million players. So anybody can pick out and say, you were wrong about this guy. You're wrong about that guy. And we're right about a lot of guys too. So you know what? I don't care. But, <laughs> that's, but that's the bottom line. <laughs> now, yeah. My, po- my point being just the nature of the player is guys like that are going to have a great five to 10 game stretch and ooh, big whoop. Cause the rest is pretty ugly. And Sano has been pretty ugly so far. No, sure has been. not him. Right. The um, let's answer the trivia, Kyle. What was it? Yeah, you're talking about hot starts. There's been one player over the last five years to string together five starts of at least six innings and no more than three hits. I want you to name who that is. He's pitching well thus far this year, but you guys don't seem to be buying it. That's where the guess comes from. Ooh, okay. I bet it's yeah. Jake, Jake Arietta. Close. No, not Jake. Yeah, because I'm not ranking him well. <laughs> now that, I, I he, when he did it, him. when he did it, it was what, 2016, I bet? Cy Young year? It might have been just outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would venture to say you might have this guy. You might have Arietta ranked ahead of this guy. Well, that's not, I was thinking Peralta, but I'm not even sure he made it to five starts. Um, not Peralta. We have him ranked ahead of this guy. You might. I've, I got to look up your rankings, but this guy's way down there for you guys. I, I, I literally have no idea. I mean, it's not Matt's. Can't be. No, but right general idea. Not Taiwan Walker, Mike Miner. I love it when I stump Eric, even if it's just with a very random trivia question that nobody. Would how about ask. how about Rich Hill? I like it, but no, I love Rich Hill too. He hasn't looked good this year, though. I don't love Rich Hill. <laughs> I used to love Rich Hill. I do. <laughs> not this John guy turned thirty-one over the weekend. It's not John Snow. Um, 
Oh man, could you imagine? I I don't know. Ross Stripling. I'm trying to think of who's 31. I'm 31. Who's 30? Yeah, the guy's 31. Hmm. Archer's 31, isn't Just he? 31. Shoemaker. Uh, no, I'm not going to get it. It's not Carlos Martinez. No, but he did look really good the other day, even though he lost the Scherzer. Who, uh, what's the answer here? Someone who's pitching Anthony really well. Alfani. Oh, I would never have gotten that. Never Disco. Have gotten 20, it. 2019. And, but more importantly, like I, I do these trivia questions more to pivot to the player. What do you think about him so far? I 214 ERA. <laughs> I'm not thinking about him yet. I'm really not. Uh, you just watched him pitch yesterday. I did, and he made it through four innings, and they were ugly. Yeah, they, like I, I mean, I, they weren't. You know what? They weren't ugly. I, I, I should take that back. He gave up a three-run homer to a guy who should never be hitting a three-run homer. But other than that, he was okay. But he didn't. How he threw a wild pitch? You know, he just was kind of like all over. I mean, Mickey Moniak hit a three-run homer. I mean, whether it's a solo or a three runs, irrelevant um, for these purposes. I don't know. I just I was watching him pitch, and I'm like, uh. you know, and you know, something I hate early on is that. Because there's no DH, which we won't get back into, some of these pitchers get removed early when they don't need to, or when they when they don't have to. Disco could have kept going in that game, but Kapler knew that they were behind and they were men on base, and they needed you know they needed runs. And then the other one was Zach Davies yesterday, who wasn't pitching badly, and he was going to get the win. And I have Zach Davies on a bunch of teams, and he wasn't pitching that great, but two runs over four innings is fine. And they pinch hit for him, and now they ended up scoring like six runs in the inning because of it. So it was the right move. You don't worry about wins, but that doesn't happen in the American League, man. It just doesn't. And we're, we're talking about two different leagues. There's no sport in the world like this where half the league is playing with different rules and it affects their players. If Zach Davies was in Minnesota, four innings, two runs, he, he would have kept going. But do you because think, Do you think the you know. weather contributed with Di Sclafani yesterday? Because that was... I mean, I was watching it. It was windy. (laughs) It was a little windy. It wasn't that cold. Well, they had the delay. I mean, that's like with the delay. Do you think he. But the delay was after like it was earlier on. I don't know. I guess. I guess that's possible. I'm just wondering whether they shaved a little bit off his pitch count just because of the delay in that game. But I wasn't wowed by what I saw yet either. Here's the other thing, too. With Discofani going to, to San Francisco, everyone was on board on him being a bargain based on following the Kevin Gosman path to increase velocity. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't, um, but I want to see more. He's not the only one of his four outings have been at home. Okay, he's had three on the road. Not exactly against monster offenses. Phillies, Miami, San Diego was a good offense, but uh, and then home against Colorado. That's an easy one. So I, I guess I want to see another month before I, I rank Di Scalfani in my top sixty starting pitchers. I can see a pathway to it, but I'm not there yet. This is not Gosman. It's not Kevin Gosman. Di Scalfani so far career high swinging strike rate at eleven four. No, eleven three percent but it's not sizably over his career number this nine. He's closer seven. to Jake Arietta than Kevin Gosman right now. But that might change. Yes. Because Gosman's legit. I can, Gosman might be a top 50, a top 20 starting pitcher in fantasy. Gosman made anyway. tangible changes. There was, you could, yes. you could put your finger on exactly what he did last year. Uh, you can put your finger on listening to the baseball tonight podcast. They do a great job there. And our pal Schoenfeld shows, uh, shows up every once in a while. Uh, to whip around the league. So check it out. They are a daily show. And by the way, the NFL draft, if you hadn't heard, is a week from today, next Friday, the 29th. And uh, I'm sure the fantasy-focused football folks, that's a lot of Fs there, uh, but it's A-plus podcast. They will be doing lots of stuff 
talking about the NFL draft and Kyle was a big part of that show as well. So check it out. They'll probably do stuff leading up to the draft and lots of stuff after the draft. And uh, hopefully we'll still get to do our little show as well twice a week. That's all for today. Thank you to Kyle and to Tristan and to Corbin Burns and I'm Eric Carable and have an awesome weekend.